Well, good morning, folks. Nice to see everybody. Um, yeah, we thought we'd just uh, share with you our Cambodia, Cambodia, <laughs> even Cambodia trip and our experiences there. Um, so we're all going to take a little bit of time just to share what spoke to us about the trip and and uh, just kind of what happened there. But I just want to introduce you again to Cambodia. Now, I'm, I don't want to insult your intelligence. You are probably fantastic at geography and know where Cambodia is, but I keep forgetting where Cambodia is, even though I've been. So I just thought I'd do a quick reminder um, about exactly where Cambodia is. So, um, oh, well, before I do that, this is the team that went, okay? Um, here we are, the Motley crew. Uh, what was great about this trip was that there were six of us that went from um, Delancey, but Andy, who's with us today, and, and he's brought his family as well, which is great. Andy came from Varzon and, and C from Eldad. So what was really lovely was that the three Elim churches were all represented in Cambodia. So it's great to work together as a team. So there we are, um, looking lovely, look. Brilliant. Okay, so this is where Cambodia is. And we were in the capital of Cambodia in Phnom Penh um, working there. So it's right next to Thailand and Vietnam. You may be a bit more familiar. Um, so that's where we went. Who did we go and visit? Well, we went to visit David and Esther Allen there, the Elam missionaries out in Cambodia. We um, know David and Esther now because they've been here and they've shared with us. So we went and spent um, about 10 days with them and the work out there. Why did we go? Well, um, I suppose the, the verse that always that sort of I live with in my mind and the verse that I shared when I was talking about going to Cambodia was what does the Lord require of us to seek justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with God? And that was the kickstart for, I think, all of us as a team to go, well, what can we do um, you know, in this world for God? How can we go and seek justice and be lovers of mercy and walk humbly with God? And, and that's, I think, why we signed up to go to Cambodia. And then from that, um, why do we go? Because, because of you guys, because your generosity of giving enabled um, the projects to be done out in Cambodia. We ended up raising, um, I think it was about £8,000 to, um, to help with the work over there. And so I just really want to say a massive thank you to all of you who just gave into the work and um, you'll see today what that's done. So it's been brilliant. So amazing things that happened. And just quickly before I hand over, just to say this is where the money went to. So uh, this was the children's play area that was built. That was the scrap bit of land at the centre that they have. And um, they have a children's, early learning children's work nursery there with about 50 children and they have nowhere outside and and the rooms that they're in are really small and the toys are basic and they spend all day there and so this has been a real help to them so the money went to the children's play area that you can see there and that was our grand opening we had a big ceremony they got us these lovely cakes which was amazing um, and we had to cut the ribbon and, and it was just a really good time and that lady there is called Nita and she um, runs the, the children's day centre and it, I just wish I could bottle her reaction and bring it back to you um, just about how, how grateful she was to all of you and, and, and to us going out there she was just overwhelmed um, just at this at the play area. For us, it seems really basic, but to her, it was everything. And it made such a difference to the children and to their day. And so she was in tears. Um, so it was amazing to see her. And, and so we were part of that. Also, the, the money went to an outdoor shelter. You can see um, this is the centre. And 
Uh, that sort of roof coming out, that wasn't there when we first arrived, but over the week whilst we were there, it was built. And it's, that was just something that, again, seems really basic to us, but to them made such a difference because the children couldn't go out because it was too hot or it was either too rainy, um, and so they didn't have that outdoor space. So this shelter has provided that for them. So the money went there. It also went to sponsoring one of the girls um, who's been trafficked. Uh, they have a number of girls who come on the training scheme, but they need money and sponsorship for the whole year to be on that. And so our giving has sponsored a woman for a whole year to be trained in a skill to be then rehabilitated. So that's, that's just amazing. And, and the girls that we met were amazing as well. And the money also went to equipment for the day centre. So this is just one picture of some high chairs, but it also went to some tables and desks and different things for the children. So I just want to say a big thank you at the beginning from the outset. Um, and it's great that, you know, we go about our day-to-day -day lives over here in Guernsey doing whatever we're doing. But also now there's a part of us around the world in different places. So there's a part of Elam, Guernsey in Cambodia now. Um, and that's great that we have been a part of that. Uh, so that's amazing. So thank you. Um, you can't really see that. But my final thing is, what did we do? I'm going to quickly go through these, and then other people probably share about it. But we painted the play area, okay, and made it look all lovely and um, shiny and bright. And uh, Amanda's artistic skills came in very useful there. Uh, we worked with the girls in the B3, so the girls that have been trafficked and rescued. We did crafts with them. Um, we took the children's happy club uh, in the village, and you can see all the children. There's about 120, 130 children gathered, um, learning about Noah's Ark and everything. So that was great. Um, we helped out at She Rescue, which was another um, organization that Elon worked with that rescue women from trafficking. And then they sort of go to be free after they've been rescued. So we had a bit of a production factory line. We learned what it was to sort of work in a sweatshop, as it were, because it was boiling hot. We were stuck in this room and we were making, we weren't making, that sounds we were just way too professional. We were just putting these bracelets on cards. That's all we were doing. Um, but we managed to do over a couple of hundred. Uh, so we did that one morning. Um, we played football. Well, the, well, Andy and Steve played football, to be fair, uh, with the children. And we, the ladies, helped out with the girls in the crafts. Um, this was uh, CFC, Care for Cambodia Children's Home, um, where obviously children there without parents. And so Elon partnered with them as well. So we worked with them. We worked with children in a day centre, playing games and activities. And, and that's Amanda running around Duck Duck Goose. Um, we did youth group activities. So um, we spent time with the young people, and uh, that was really good fun as well. I think that's more Duck Duck Goose. It's obviously a running theme of the, the week. We took the Sunday morning service um, where we spoke and we sang, and uh, well, the girls sang. I, I spoke. I don't sing. So that was really good as well. And then we shared at the prayer meeting, and that was a lovely time. So loads of different... Um, activities there that, that we were a part of and I've just done a little whistle stop tour but I'm going to shut up and uh, I'm going to hand over to Lydia who's going to, no not Lydia, Emily that's going to share first and then Debbie, yeah brilliant, come on up. You haven't got anything, that's fine, thanks. Hello, um, so I didn't really know much about Cambodia before we went and we met up with um, Paul Hudson one evening and he said, oh, yeah, we're going to go be doing this and that and we'll go, we'll go to the killing fields. And I was just like, yeah, that sounds amazing. I didn't even know what the killing fields was. So I went home and I kind of like researched and Googled things and got, got a load of books to read and kind of discovered like this whole side of Cambodia that I was just like, okay, this is going to be quite a trip. Um, 
we got there and as we kind of like landed, we were looking out the window and we just saw what like rice fields everywhere. And Lydia was just like, um, I don't know if we're going to be landing one of those or you don't, can't really see the city. Um, so that was fun. Um, I think what kind of really spoke to me is when we went to the She Rescue Home. Uh, there was a quote on the wall saying, to succumb to the enormity of the problem is to fail the one. And being in a country where sex trafficking is really, really, it's huge, and you can't really understand like, the, like, the enormity of it, but at the moment there are more slaves in now than there ever has been in history. Like, there are 27 million in captives, and which is kind of, it's really shocking because, you know, Jesus came to set the captives free, and yet there are more now than ever, there ever has been in history. And it's so easy to kind of just sit there and be like, okay, so there's more now, there's, you know, it's massive, it generates more profit than Coca-Cola. It's, you know, all these girls as young as three years old being trafficked, and this home houses girls from three years old up to, I think, 18. And we were just, we watched videos and we saw kind of like there was this village outside the city who, you know, parents sell their own children um, to be sold. Like their virginity is very precious to them. And that was just kind of a massive shocker. And then, you know, I was just kind of sat there crying because, you know, I cry a lot. And um, <laughs> we watched the, and another video which showed the work that She Rescue does. And I'd kind of, if possible, maybe cry even more because it kind of shows you the hope that people have. Like these, you know, the people who work and volunteer for She Rescue and like Dave and Esther doing Be Free, um, you know, they are people who are actually going out onto the front lines and actually doing something for these girls and rescuing them and putting them through these, this program. So they have a hope and, they, they, you know, they're out of that environment. And so that kind of really touched me because these, these young girls are having you know, they had their childhoods restored to them. You know, they were being children. Like, you know, every child deserves a childhood. They shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't be in captivity. They shouldn't be sold because they're not a commodity. They're human beings. They're God's children. And I think that really touched me. And I think I've come back and I've just been like, right, what can we do? Because we were there for a week and we kind of like saw firsthand. Like we went for a walk down the river one day and Esther said that they barely come down there because they see men just sat on the walls waiting for women to come to approach them and we, we saw that happen and I was kind of like can we you know is it illegal to go and push them into the river because <laughs> we didn't really want to see that and you, you know what's happening you know you're powerless to stop it um, and then it was just insane because we met the girls in Be Free and they are the most creative people I've ever met we were just kind of sat there and they taught us how to sew and I can't sew very well we kind of discovered how like you know we're not so great at creativity and we were just making these little caravan things and I was just trying to sew like a, a wheel on them and they just kept laughing at me because you know they were just oh no that's not how you do it so they unsewed it and they were just like right you do it that way and I was like okay so it was really fun and we kind of like really connected well with the girls and it was really great and I think on Saturday we went to the killing fields and again it was just insane because you read the books and you kind of like become prepared to by what you're going to see because you know the history, you've read about it, but nothing can prepare you to be actually stood in a place where, you know, it happens and it happened in our lifetime. Like not not my lifetime because I wasn't alive back in the 70s, but um, we were just kind of stood in these like prison cells where so there was still blood on the floor, and we went to the fields and it was really, it was insane going from the prison 
to the fields because it was a really peaceful place. It's like some, if you didn't know what it was, it would be somewhere where you can take a dog for a walk and just be like, oh, it's really pretty, like, you know, lovely trees, like nice little, like, pathways and stuff. But if we, we were kind of there and um, we had our headsets and we were listening to different stories. And the one story that kind of really got me was um, this, this man, he was telling a story of how he was a, he was a young boy and he... I, don't, I can't remember what he did, but he ended up in an adult prison in the fields. And this man stood up for him and was just like, this boy should not be here. This isn't the place for him. And so the boy was set free. He, he was released. But then he realized what that meant for the man who stood up for him. Like that, and essentially gave his life, sacrificed his own life so that this boy could, could leave. And I just kind of like stopped in my tracks and just started crying. Because even in like this place where evil like reigned, like there was still hope, there was still love, there was still you know there was still good things happening because it was it was insane and like alongside with all the trafficking issues and the past, like Cambodia is still such a beautiful country and it's still recovering from from the 70s and it kind of, we got back to the cafe and kind of were just talking about it and we just thought how much more developed would Cambodia be as a country now if that never happened? Like, they essentially took away everything from, from these people. But they are the most gracious people I've ever met. They're so happy. The Happy Kids Club, there was this one little girl. I don't, like, many of you have been to the Philippines. There was this one girl in the Philippines called Dorcas. I don't know if you remember her. But when I went, she kind of attached herself to me and wouldn't let me go. And then in Cambodia, we met this little girl, and she looked exactly like Dorcas. And she was cheeky and confident, just like Dorcas was, and she wouldn't let me go. She just, like, attached herself to me, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can go back home. <laughs> I just want to stay here forever. But the whole experience, just, like, having prepared and read books and researched and Googled and everything, like, before getting to Cambodia, you're just kind of like, okay, so this has happened, this, like, you know, this is what the country we're going to, this, you know, the statistics of trafficking and like the past, like the millions of people that, have met, that were murdered in this genocide, it's just like, okay, we're going to this country. And, but then when we landed and seeing all the stuff that Dave and Esther were doing and all the other NGOs, Esther told me one evening that if all the NGOs left Cambodia, the, the whole country would collapse because the government does nothing. They rely so much on like doctors coming in from outside and teachers and, um, and other things like that because you know, back, at, back in the day, all the doctors and teachers were murdered because Pol Pot was a maniac. Um, but I think the evening we came back from the killing fields, we went to the worship practice where Lydia and Amanda and Joe practiced their song. And we kind of sat and listened to the worship team practicing for the Sunday. And they were singing in their own, in their own language. And it just kind of reminded me, like, after the heaviness of the day that we had, that you know, God is sovereign, God is victorious, like even though there is no, there's nothing so dark that God's light cannot overcome. So that kind of, even though we experienced and we saw a lot of darkness happening, you know, we still had that hope that, you know, God is victorious and he will overcome. And it reminded me of that verse, like, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart for I've overcome the world. And so I've kind of come back and I've just, I want to go again because nothing compares, you know, it's just amazing. Like being in, being in a place like that, it kind of opens your eyes to what goes on in the world and you know we're so comfortable here and trafficking is just it's insane it doesn't just happen in Cambodia it happens everywhere like the day after we got back we found out there's a trafficking ring in Jersey so 
kind of opens your eyes and it makes you more passionate about, about different things. So that's what I loved about Cambodia. So, yeah. come to discover going away is easy coming back and telling you something different <laughs> so, I've been dreading this it's my practice round before school next week um, I'll just get the slides up sorry oh, yeah. just find where I'm supposed to be it's alright keep clicking <laughs> we're nearly there There we are. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about different experiences. Um, when Dave and Nesta came over, they said we'd be going across a river on two canoes, and literally it was. <laughs> two canoes, a plank of wood, and a motor. And not only was it us, it was a bus as well. Okay, so that was quite an experience. It cost us $3 to actually get across. And that was... Uh, it took about five minutes. It wasn't long, but uh, the water was rather brown, so we didn't want to fall in. <laughs> okay, and also um, travelling around on the tuk-tuks was fun, but also often it's quite dusty, so we were given masks to wear just to, to help. But uh, I didn't get all our photos up. I didn't want to obviously embarrass, but uh, anyway. Also, the roads were absolutely manic. You couldn't believe just how mental they were. I don't know if you've been to places that are similar, and there's just traffic coming in every direction and every, every area, and there's about five people on a motorbike and different things. And we were given a tip to cross the road, just walk slowly, and the cars will go around you. So <laughs> close your eyes and, yeah, hope. And also, the Hammock Cafe was another experience I've never done. I'd never thought I was huge, but to get into a hammock was actually quite tricky. <laughs> so, and I struggled, so I couldn't imagine how everyone else did, but literally we're getting in a hammock, knocking somebody else out, and it took a while for us to settle and actually make it comfortable. But as you can see, the Cambodians made it look easy. We thought, well, if they can do it, we can certainly give it a go. And with the Happy Kids Club, the children were there, and they were shouting to us the whole afternoon and singing, and it was lovely. A really good sort of restful place. Uh, the food, again, was another experience. We had 12 different meals out in different restaurants, which was Mexican, Chinese, Italian, Indian. We had everything. But also we had their local delicacies as well. Sort of lots of noodles. And using chopsticks was a challenge. And uh, we also offered chicken legs or chicken feet. Two of the girls were very brave. They said they were very, very tasty. <laughs> You'll see the video clip later. And also, deep-fried tarantula. I couldn't physically pick one up or touch one, but they all did. Some had a leg, some had the body. And they said it was actually hairy and crunchy. But, yeah. <laughs> I was very impressed with their, uh, their ability to do, but also were taken to lovely places. And this was a particularly nice one. We had cupcakes for, for lunch, and all the cupcakes were differently designed, and every week they have a new decoration on, so we could choose something very nice. And also, with everything else in the hotel, we had our residence as well. 
<laughs> geckos and cockroaches, and I was fine with those. I could deal with that. But uh, <laughs> there were certainly lots around. And also, everywhere we went, there were instructions on how to use the toilets out there. <laughs> and it kept me amused. It kept everyone else amused as well, but that was actually quite funny. <laughs> but that's basically all that to say. Who's next? <laughs> So I knew that everything would probably be covered by the time it got to me. Um, so I actually just want to share what was actually a challenge for me, because I know you've probably heard we've, how much of it was so incredible and the amazing things we saw and got to do. But I actually wanted to be really kind of real and honest share what actually was a challenge as well, um, not only the things that we saw, but actually our own uh, feelings. So I'm going to... So basically... For me, I'm not particularly arty, so I'm happy with a guitar or an instrument or doing you know, drama or something like that, but when it comes to anything artistic, I am awful. Like, If anyone's seen my handwriting, it is probably about primary school level. It's concerning. And in art, like my work that was supposed to be natural would be the abstract art. So when I looked at the itinerary and it was artsy things, I was thinking, oh no, <laughs> how am I going to be useful at all out there? So... Um, I kind of was thinking, what on earth, like, what is my purpose out there? And I, I knew that we might be doing a song on Sunday, so I was like, yeah, yeah, once I get to that, I'll be fine. I'll just kind of, you know, push myself through it. Um, and even, like, you know, Jo, she actually, actually got to treat um, their dog out there. She helped that. And seeing the whole team were just so in their elements, it was incredible to see them just really step into the things that they're so incredible at. And I was thinking, oh, no, I'm falling behind kind of thing. And... Um, so when we were painting, I was like, you know, don't give me anything important on that playground because Amanda had done this incredible design. I was like, don't put me on anything important because the poor children just see all these wonky lines. And actually, I, I did do it wonky. But, um, like, me and Emily did a flower together and her lines were so neat and mine are just like, couldn't. I literally couldn't do it straight. Um, and then we did um, sewing and be free. And I thought, I'm setting them back. They were kind of like, oh, okay. And they had to redo it. And I thought, oh, I'm pushing them behind. And even the kids club, I, I love children, love playing with children. But trying to tell us Noah's Ark story and I was getting them to do like actions, like I'm getting it translated. I was like, I don't even know if they understand what on earth I'm on about. And I'm like, woo, tell them to cheer. And they're like, I don't understand. I'm probably weird. Um, but actually looking at that was such for those few days, it was such a wrong perspective to have. Like, I was looking at what, what could I do that, oh, I can't do enough. But actually, you know, when we saw the children running that playground, they didn't care if that little line I'd drawn was straight or wasn't perfect. Actually, it was meant so much to them to have that, that playground um, or even in Be Free. Like, actually, it was an incredible experience to see the work they put into things and the hearts they have and what they've been through. Um, and they didn't care what we were like. They probably knew that we weren't going to be, you know, they've got tiny little hands. Um, so they were amazing at that. And actually with the children, I got to really, I got to spend time with such incredible children. And um, even just to spend an hour with them, playing with them, you know, they might not get shown so much love and attention. But actually in that even hour with them, they got to feel like they were worth, worth that time. Um, and actually in that club, I, I think I've told, I said before, but... They're singing God is good. And that actually really proved to me, like the thing that I, the single thing I'd say I took away was actually knowing what it really means to say God is good because these children who have nothing were singing God is good and literally just worshipping. Um, but as we got to Sunday and the song I, we sang was Oceans. 
I don't know if any of you heard it, but the bridge is just like, I love it. And it says, um, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. And actually, looking at that, summed up everything. Like, for me, it was stepping out of my comfort zone, going like, you know, it's deeper than I would put myself. But actually, you know, trusting that God is going to use everything I have, even if it seems like a little, was actually really what I felt like the mission was all about. Um, you know, it's allowing God to use whatever we have. And, you know, I, I don't think I had a necessarily a specific impact on a particular person. I don't think they'll be like, my life changed when Lydia... I don't think it was, it was like that. But actually, I don't think that's what mission's about. We can so often go and be like, oh, I'm going to have an impact. I want to change the world. Or, you know, some of us might think, you know, I mean, like, oh, I don't have anything to give, so I'm not going to bother. But actually, that isn't what it's about. Like, looking back... Um, I think, you know, it's not about necessarily, you don't have to go on a mission. You don't have to be called to the mission field to go on a mission. Actually, God want, uses everyone, wherever, even if you're, you know, if you're here or abroad, whatever. But actually, if any of you are thinking about, um, you know, going on a mission trip, I would say go for it because it's not about what we have. It's not about, um, you know, what we can't do. But actually, it's about, you know, we are serving and worshipping God by doing things out there. Like, actually, we were serving God. We weren't. I wasn't out there for me to make an impact. I was out there for God to make an impact. And actually, I think if God uses us with what we give and what we gave out there, like, I know that God will have used every little thing, every big thing that we did. Um, you know, we don't have to think we have the right gifts because there's no right gifts for, for missions. It's actually, you know, God can use us, whoever we are, wherever we are. Um, so I encourage you if, you know, if it comes up that you really feel God's encouraging you to go on the mission to go on a mission short term long to whatever actually you know it's worth so worth facing the fear and feeling out of your comfort zone because the way you meet with God in those times like there's a quote and I think I just showed it with Nicole and I was there it says um if you feel inadequate for the task you're in the perfect place for God to use you and actually I love that because we don't have to be incredible or perfect to be there God can use us as we are and um it's so worth, yeah, as I said, facing the fear and shaking off our insecurities and leaving that behind and actually, and our pride as well and not letting them hold us back, but actually saying, God, use me. This is all I have. It doesn't look like a lot to me, but actually I know that you can do a lot with it um, and just being faithful in that. So I just want to share that. Thanks, folks. Um, yeah, I just want to share a little bit as well about, um, I guess, what impacted me when I was out there. And I think one of the great things is when you go anywhere to any different place from your normal place is that you find that people are the same the world over you can be in a different culture and you can be having different experiences different foods um you know people can be wearing different clothes they can have different opinions and all those sorts of things but essentially humanity we share the same same heartaches the same difficulties the same problems the same needs and one of the great privileges we had was to spend um, a, a time of prayer with the Khmer Church. And we were in that prayer meeting and we got into, we all sort of split up as a group and we were with the Khmer people. And we were just sharing our different concerns. And it was the same things, you know, they, they had the same um, problems and needs that we had, um, whether it was for the church and their worship group or the youth group or whether it was they needed healing, um, somebody was sick in their family. And so we all shared. And I just thought, you know, that's that's the great thing. We come together. We're one body. We're the same. Um, and that was great. And, and that God is the same, that God doesn't change either from one place to another. God is the same. But what I do notice is that... Um, 
my idea of who God is all changes whenever I go to places like this and it was the same in Cambodia you know sometimes I'm so guilty that I I feel that I've got God sussed out I feel like I kind of understand God to a certain extent and I know how things should be done or how things work and then um, I go to a place like Cambodia and I just realized I don't get I don't get it at all I don't you know I don't really get God Um, he's so much bigger than I could ever think of or even imagine and I love that Uh, I love that my kind of understanding just gets smaller because God is unfathomable Um, and I think that's real real humbling experience for me which was just great to have that experience because out in Cambodia we experience the worst and the best Um, you know we experience the worst in that you know we're speaking to women who were caught up in exploitation Um, we were spending time with children who didn't have homes and didn't have families Um, we had we prayed for a baby um, who was just so ill. The situation was just one of utter despair for that family. Um, you know, we had the horrors that Emily was saying about, about the nation just being under that regime of Paul Potts. And, and so, you know, we experienced the worst. And in those times, I was, you know, I, I, was, I, I do sometimes get angry and I just think to myself, God, you know, where are you in this? Um, you know, what are, what are you doing here? What is going on? And... And, you know, how, God, do you see all of this, this, this problem, these difficulties that we're, we've been thrown into? Um, and, then, uh, and then, again, as Emily was just saying, you see these glimpses of God and you see glimpses of hope and you see glimpses of beauty. And when we were worshipping in the Khmer Church or when we, we just recognised the hope and strength of the people, um, the tears of joy as we opened the play centre, um, the welcome that we had, the friendships that we built, uh, the tears of the woman um, when we prayed for her for healing, and she doesn't even know God yet. And you see these glimpses of beauty, and you see God's goodness shine through. And I guess for me, it was like standing there saying, God, I, I don't get everything. I, I don't get it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't get the way you work at times. Um, I have a lot of questions. But... I trust in your unfailing goodness and I trust in your faithfulness. And I know one thing for sure, that God, you do not change in your affections towards us and you do not change in your, in your nature of your goodness. And I, I suppose, you know, if I can encourage us today, we may be asking those same questions that I was asking when we, I was in different situations in Cambodia. You know, God, where are you? God, why is this happening? God, you know, what is the purpose of this right now that I'm going through questions that are big um, and we can't fathom it out and we can't fully understand it and fully understand God but I want to encourage you that God doesn't change in his love towards you in his affection towards you there may be more questions than answers there may be more problems than solutions but God's love stays the same and his goodness endures and he's faithful so Cambodia for me was a great experience I loved it, I loved the trip I love the place, the culture, everything, the people, all that we did. It was, it was an amazing time. I love being with these guys and, and getting to know them better. Um, but in the heartache of the stories that we heard and the situations of despair, I can truly say that, you know, we do see glimpses of God's goodness and his hope and his beauty. And uh, we can hold on to those things. We can trust God because it says in the Psalms that God is good to all that he is faithful to all his promises in John it says that he will never drive you away Um, in Romans it talks about God being wonderfully kind, tolerant patient 
it says he's forgiving. In Isaiah, it says he's gracious and compassionate. I, I could go on. But God's nature doesn't change. And although we may be in situations and there may be times that we face that are difficult and are hard and, and you know, we do have that, where of God are you? We come back to hold to the truth that we can trust in God, that he doesn't change. And we live our lives in line with that requirement of Micah 6.8, which asks us to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God.